You're back with Call of Christmas on 1215 after I, I guess Craig got a little upset at things, so he decided to leave. It's fine. That's what player safety tools are for, and Craig and Giark are nothing if not members of the cast, and and their sensibilities are also important. I'm going to pick up right where we left off with Daniel, Cora, and Greta sitting at Greta's house, having just finished a late lunch, and something ominous moving its way in the shadows past where... Uh, everybody managed to feel the role and not see it. So we'll see what happens with that. While Daniel is outside smoking, does Cora and Greta have anything they want to talk about? Or are you guys just happy to to sit and make polite small talk? Well, I mean, Greta's really old. I think I might ask her uh, if she knew my grandfather. What is the name of your grandfather? Because I didn't actually give him a name. You didn't. I don't know if it's maternal or paternal. Uh, Let's say paternal. Paternal. So it would be the same last name as me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's say Rufus. Rufus Perkins. Mm Mm-hmm. Did I know Rufus Perkins? Oh, this would have been in your much younger days. Um, do me a favor. How how smart are you? Oh, you're real smart. Oh, you're real smart. Yeah, you remember Rufus. Um, Rufus was a, a fine man, as much as one that... One whose family has the look. And you remember that many years ago, back when you were still young, that he went and kind of at his familial behest went to to see the rest of the country, to travel abroad as much as one can travel abroad within the same country, but to travel and and see what there is to see, to sow his wild oats, as it were. And it seems that some of those oats have returned. Okay, so he moved away then and never came back, right? Uh, He would have come back... I'm trying to think how many years ago it was not like a long time ago, but you know, 10-ish years and uh, more yeah, so that you would have heard rumors about him returning to sea or going out to sea or as some people around here are wont to do, just kind of disappear. And that's what the locals say that, you know, they went back to sea or out to sea. Well, then I tell Cora um, most of this that, yeah, I know him. And I thought that he was a good guy for the most part. He was good to everyone. Just never stole from anyone. He worked, I guess, had kids. Hmm. That's that's great that you knew him. Um, just find it weird that nobody told us before we got here that that we had relations. I mean, was did he have any siblings? To are they here? Do I know if they're here? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, no, there are no more. Uh. Of that generation here, all of them have kind of left. Yep. They're all gone. All of them gone. Oh, that's too bad. Would have been nice to to have some family up here once Daniel leaves, you know, so I wouldn't be all alone. Well, I'm sorry, dear. Not much for family around these, this town. 
And uh, what do you know? And she'll kind of point to the book she's reading. What do you know about this Captain Walsh? Who is Captain Walsh? He was he was the guy from way back when that brought the Esoteric Order of Dagon here, that brought some prosperity to Innsmouth, that uh, was the head captain guy in the story of the Shadow. But he was probably um, before Greta was born. That's too old. Just rumors. <laughs> That's all I know. Ah. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you for at least sharing what you do now. Daniel's going to step in now. It's cold out there. I'm going to have myself another bowl of stew, if that's okay. Cora makes a face like she can't believe you like that stew. Daniel scoops himself a bowl of stew and uh, sits down and scoops and slurps it. Young boys need to eat. That's good for you. That's why we. That's why we have stew. It's good all day. Leaving the three of you to mull over this stew and some of the revelations that you've had, we're going to cut back to the esoteric order of Dagon, where Wyatt is slinking about as incognito as he can be, wearing just the robe of the locals. You just moseying about, seeing what you can find, or are you looking for anything particular, or what's your goal here? Uh, the general goal is to uh, slink around and see if you can find anything that's uh, interesting, of note, information, or you know, I mean, not generally a you know a thief, frankly. But if the opportunity were to present itself, and uh, why not? Why not slink about, see what uh, see what opportunities arise. Sure, let's do a luck roll and we'll see where that gets you. A luck roll? Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> it doesn't get you very far. <sighs> slim pickings. It is very slim pickings. As you are looking around, this place is, it's old. You're going to see some iconography of like a Masonic temple, which you assume that's what this place was before it was converted to whatever they have used it for now. You're going to find a big open area where they have some, uh, some chairs, some pews, some set up for where they can clearly do whatever it is that they do here as part of their worship. With a stand on the other side that's got some candles and a little pulpit and the various other things you would expect to find in a church. Digging around, you're not going to find any books, like there's no Bible laying open on the thing or anything along those lines. Um, you're going to find a few little offices that don't really seem to have anything super interesting in there. It's almost as if all of the good stuff, the interesting stuff, has been locked away somewhere to be kept secret or safe. Do you want to uh, push the role by trying again but in inviting in more dangerous things if things go wrong? Or Absolutely. Do wanna- How do I do that? Uh, it's just a reroll with the uh, with a way of how are you uh, how are you inviting more danger? Like, are you going downstairs into the basement? Are you yeah? Like, so if there's a if there's a way that we go deeper down, which obviously exposes one to more risk, less ways out. Yeah, I know something can happen above you. How does that you know more or less fits the bill? Sure, let's roll it again and see if uh, bad things happen. It's just a reroll. There's no like modifiers or. No, it's just a reroll. Fuck me. Can't get there. <laughs> you are not getting lucky. And, uh, that's unfortunate. It's even worse than your first roll. Heading down into the basement, you're going to smell some wet dampness. And maybe they have a leak. Maybe there's something like that in the basement. Looking around, you're going to find a door, push it open, look around. And inside, there is like a well, but it doesn't rise up out of the ground. It's just a a big pool of water, and it's dripping in here. Uh, 
let's roll your spot hidden real quick to see whether or not you notice something attacking you. All right, here we go. Wyatt and the uh, the hunt for how many horrible rolls it takes to die. <laughs> well, let's keep it. <laughs> uh, if you can give me an 84 next time, you've just about got a straight. Yeah. yeah you're, you're getting there. And looking around this room, flicking a lighter to see better because it's dark down here this little silver lighter that you have that's not got your initials on it you're gonna see a big toothy maul and some giant toothy eyes and this whatever it is you're looking at is going to rise up and then lunge for you uh, can you roll your sanity? I know I'm asking for a lot of rolls. I apologize. Well, I, I, I appreciate it because eventually I would, you know, conceivably do well on one. So, uh, sanity, where'd it go? Where'd it go? I believe it's just your power, right? Oh, it's just power? Am I right on that, guys? Uh, you are not below the characteristics. Oh. You will find sanity and you will have, um, the purple and the green, and you will want the green button next to Sam. Oh, I see. I'm with you. Here we go. Here we go. Nope. Perfect. <laughs> That's the number. All right, cool. Uh, I'm going to roll a 1d6. You will lose five points of sanity, which I think is a thing. I don't know where my sanity points are. I got you. And while this is happening, we're going to cut away from you briefly to Wilfred, as I have to plug my headset back in. So Wilfred has brooked no disagreement and is standing there in the middle of the staircase with a fishman with a sack in front of him and this striking gentleman in the robe and the coronet. And he's got uh, his sketchbook out. He's actually got a sketch down and he's just like taking a look at it. He's looking between the two and he's just got this, this look of an immense concentration on his face. And the robed figure, like, come, come, my son, we can, we can talk inside. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, oh, of course. Okay. I just got. Um, <clears throat> damn it. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. Sorry, <laughs> I, I just, I just, I had to get something in really quick. But uh, don't, don't even worry about it. And um, as he walks in, he's just gonna like rip the page out of a sketchbook and just crumple it up and throw it behind him as the door closes. Another failed painting. Ugh, the worst. He takes you down into the basement. This is a big storage room. There's a couple of boxes and sacks that are here. And he picks up a little gas lantern off the wall and begins to bring you through the bottom parts. You can see the long robe dragging behind him. The other gentleman went off elsewhere about whatever business he was up to. Um, roll me spot hidden, I guess, even though I know I've asked for too many rolls. Success. You see that? You see that, Cotton? You see it? Yeah, that's how I, you I don't do understand it. I, mean, I understand the concept of a number below uh, 75, but I don't think I can read it. <laughs> it's all right. We'll, we'll teach you one day the secrets of rolling lower. As you are watching this guy intently with your artist's eye, it's almost as though there is something moving in his robes behind him as he walks ahead of you. He is ahhing and listening as much as one ever does listen to Wilfred uh, to some of the questions and things that you are speaking of as he is bringing you through here. Oh, I feel like I, I feel like we should say this. So so uh Tom has found that if five or more sanity points are lost as a result of one sanity roll, which has happened for us, sufficient emotional trauma has been suffered that the keeper, which would be Bams, must test the investigator's sanity. That would be cotton. The keeper will ask for an intelligence roll. If the roll has failed, the investigator has repressed the memory, a trick the mind uses to protect itself, and does not become insane. Perversely, if the end roll succeeds, the investigator recognizes the full significance of what has been seen or experienced and goes temporarily insane. The effects of temporary insanity begin immediately and last for 1d10 hours. 
So okay, so sh- do I make one of those intelligence rolls I've heard about? Indeed. Okie dokie. Intelligence. My intelligence is 90, so that's bad. Yeah. And you're still in the 80s. It's that 83 you were looking for. I picked Kenny Rogers as my my avatar, so it's the fucking 80s all around, people. That's what's hot in the streets. All right, I'm going to roll a 1d10 (laughs) real quick. 10! Man, it's my second night running Cthulhu, and you give me this gift of temporary insanity. For 10 hours? For 10 hours. Oh, we're going to mull over God your damn. particular <laughs> brand of insanity in for just a moment. Uh, something moving in his robe. Yes, there is something that is, is moving just back and forth rhythmically, almost with his steps as he goes left foot, right foot. It just kind of swishes back and forth. And is, Wilfred is behind him, correct? Yes, he is leading you somewhere else inside of here. So Wilfred is going to slow down for a second, and then he's going to kind of match the movement with his hips. So like when he takes the step, he's going to like swish his hips to see if the movement happens in time with what's under the robes. Like if he matches the stride and then just like does does the hip bump, kind of like if he was to have a tail. Uh, I'm not 100% sure how him moving his hips that way would come up with that. You know what I mean? Like, like he's he's watching it happen, and he's seeing something move under there, and it's moving rhythmically. And mm-hmm. so Wilfred's thinking, does he have a tail? And so now he's trying to mimic the movement mm-hmm. of how he thinks somebody with a, with a tail would swish as he walks. It's certainly not outside of the realm of possibility. I imagine in his study of art, he's had to look at animals and how they move, and a great majority of animals have some sort of form of tail. So I think what he's going to try to do here is he's going to try and grab his sketchbook again. Mm-hmm. And his story is going to go into Catacombs of Paris once again. And he's going to try and sketch this really quick because it's it, it, something in his lizard brain is like, you, you need to put this down. And he does. You, you do get a little bit of a sketch. It's creepy and haunting because it's getting the light on this robed figure with the light in front and it's casting its shadow backwards and it's it's, it's, it's the shadow that stops him for a second because he just like looks at it and then he gives it a deep look and he's like this is very much like france did i ever tell you about i i we've only just met there was this this painting that when i was in france i went to the catacombs and he goes on to this the, his story about the Paris catacombs and the canvas in the dark and the eyes that looked at you in the darkness and almost like people in the in the painting were moving. And as he's doing this, he's finishing his quick sketch and he puts it back in his bag and puts his he doesn't put his pencil away. He keeps it in his hand because he feels like he's going to have more chances to draw stuff as he goes further in here. And he's about to be interrupted by somebody being attacked. Oh no, how terrible. Anyway. Right? (laughs) Just trying to skim through the book real quick to find uh, temporary insanity. Uh, You want A Bout of Madness, which is page uh, 157 and 158. Uh, I'm going to roll, because that's fun. Apparently... Gain a new mania. Sample mania. Sorry. Let's, uh, you know what? Let's just see what the, the dice have. See if that makes good sense. No, that one's dumb. It's the problem with the D100 chart is that it's a D100 chart. So Wyatt, as this thing is closing in on you, Something in your brain breaks, and you let out a, well, an ungentlemanly scream, which thankfully is an audio medium you won't have to do for us. You can just find a Wilhelm scream and put it in there later if I remember to to do so. 
But that is the scream that you hear, Wilfred, as you are being led through the bottom of the esoteric order of Dagon. Oh my goodness, what was that? What is going on down here? Who is somebody was screaming? Somebody's is somebody is somebody down here being attacked? They're terrified. You are able to hear where it came from. You could more or less pinpoint the direction that it was in if you wanted to try I'm to take totally, away. I'm breaking away. I'm totally going after it. I've got to find out what happened. I have to draw it. I have to record it for posterity. <laughs> uh, let's get this out of the way. If you want to go ahead and roll your sanity success, that's fine. I'm an artist. You've seen weird shit. Of course. <laughs> I spent a semester in France. But as you push open the door that you heard this scream come from behind, you find your compatriot Wyatt has been rendered unconscious as a large, hulking, amphibious, fish-like form is holding him almost bodily around the chest. And it turns to look at you as you see a monster, something utterly grotesque that you have never seen before. Wilfred, against his better judgment and somehow succeeding his sanity role, will do two things. First, he will bellow, unhand him, you knave! And then he will throw his pencil at the monster. How useful. Artist. (laughs) Uh, Let me... No, never mind. Sorry, Wyatt, your 91 on the con roll is not going to help you in this situation. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The creature will drop Wyatt, and arms, claws extended, will come charging towards you. Uh, You know, the problem with this book is that it doesn't have the nice, like, um, hyperlinked hyperlinked things. Let me just kind of zoom around it really easily. What is our average dexterity? 50. What is your dexterity? Uh, 45. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, it is going to try and grab you. Would you like to fight back or would you like to try to uh, dodge? I'm going to fight back. It rolled a 45, which I believe is just a regular success. Uh, what would I do? Roll fighting? If you're fighting back, it would be fighting. Um, you know, I think I'm going to spend 13 luck and make that, uh, well, if I roll a 55, it's a success, but if I roll it to a 45, it's a tie, correct? Uh, if memory serves, it's about the level of success. Uh, somebody. Yeah, it's just the level. You would have to push it down to a 27. Uh, otherwise, we tie. Otherwise, we tie. And I think in a tie, he still does terrible things to you. Okay. So I would have to get 3 plus basically 30 to bring it down? 31. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to spend 31 luck. I'm going to go down to 38 luck. I'm going to make this a hard success. Uh, Wilfred Kincaid, painter of light, is going to sock a monster in a, in the jaw. All right. Good job. Uh, you get to roll the D3 for how much damage you do. Look at how many HPs these things have. I mean, yeah, that- this thing comes at him, all claws and teeth, and with uncharacteristic bravery, he just swings that fist and just, like, glances off of the, the tooth jaw. And he has no idea what to do now. I mean, it has no idea what to do now. This, this puny human just smacked it in the face. And if it's my turn, he'll follow up. Uh, it would be your turn, actually. Oh God, yeah, Wilfred's gonna follow up. He's gonna he's gonna go for the old one too, because he was uh, he was a pugilist. He Queen's very rules. He learned it from a man who was in the French Foreign Legion. Success. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> you attempt to land an additional blow for the follow-up, but you do. The It connects, its head goes to the side, and it just kind of brings it back and grabs you around the bicep and uh, pulls you in and then just punches you with the other hand. Which... D6 plus a D4 will punch you in the face for three points of damage. Uh, Wilfred Kincaid is made of sterner stuff, and even though his beautiful visage has been marred by the claws of this beast, uh, he is going to struggle and and fight back. He's going to rage uh, rage okay. against the dying of the light. Okay, let's let's have one more round of combat and see what happens here. Because I did not expect a. Uh, you didn't expect a fist fight? Yeah. I, I did not also expect to technically fumble, I think, my defense roll. So uh, I guess roll your, your damage as you punch this guy in the face with the option to spend two luck to push your 13 to 11 for Done. extreme success. Done. <sighs> And then max damage. <laughs> what does it come? All right. So when you take a major wound, you have to roll a con roll to see whether or not you stay conscious. And the book recommends a deep one to have a con of 50, and I just rolled a 51. So what does it look like as you sucker punch the shit out of this monster and render it unconscious? So Wilfred's in a half bear hug. He gets punched in the face. It rocks to the side as glasses fly off and slide into the corner. And he gets this look and this, this beautiful face has a look of angelic fury, like demonic fury, fallen angel. And he bares his teeth. He says, how dare you? And he just summons the strength from nobody knows where. And takes his box his uh his his special like artistic materials box in his bag he just pulls it out of the bag and just smokes this deep one on the side of the head with the blunt end which it's all blunt but you know like the the smaller corner of this box just right in the side of the noggin just cracks him right there knocks him to the floor falls to the floor with him and then just like scrambles to his feet Hold, still holding this like blood dripping box, he's like, "Yes, the painter of light succeeds again." And then he's gonna look and actually see what he just did. Oh God, what have I done? My box. Yeah. The creature lays unconscious on the ground. It is still breathing, but you can see where. Ah, there's not a lot of light in here. Uh, roll me your spot, and then we'll wrap this and go to the other. Never mind. I love it when these rolls fail. Right. Um, but you seem to have gotten it like right in the eye. It's just a bloody mess. Your friend is laying on the ground and there is a pool of what seems like dark water in the middle of the room. Wilfred is going to grab Wyatt by the front of the robe and try to pick him up and drag him out of there. You see that? You see that? Not now, not now, not now. I engaged it in, ma- in manly combat, and I came out the victor. We have to go. Okay. He's like shambling, like trying to half pick himself up and crawl and drag himself out. As you begin to leave this little room, uh, Wyatt looking upon the unconscious form of this monster, uh, a shiver of deep, deep fear runs runs through you. And for the next, well, basically for the foreseeable future, you're going to have a uh, a fear of fish. For he is a fish I, monster. That's, that's inconvenient, uh, <laughs> isn't it? Though, <laughs> I'm sure it won't come up ever again. And as Wilfred helps Wyatt out into this fucking W names screwed me up there. Uh, into this larger storage room, you're going to see the priest 
is now holding this lantern alight, and you're going to see the larger man coming down from outside. And the priest is going to point at you, Wilfred, and be like, What have you done to one of the blessed ones? Uh, And we cut to the others. Yep. Speaking of the others, if there is nothing for you guys to do, time will pass until this evening. Um, I think Cora, after reading that book, I, I think uh, that where she pokes her finger for the, the blood, mm-hmm. that's, that's probably going to start to sting a bit and remind her of what she did. And I think she's going to get it in her head to go back down to the beach and see if something showed up after she left. Sure. She doesn't want to miss out on any of the good things that are supposed to come to her. You bring anybody with you? Uh, she's not going to make a... um. She's not going to keep it hidden. Like she's just going to put her coat on, look like she's getting ready to go out. So, but she's not going to like specifically invite anyone. You're heading out. Yeah, I'm going to go down to the the to the beach. Just you a want, quick walk. You want some company? Sure, if you're up to it. I know you've had a busy day. Yeah, very busy. <laughs> Daniel will get his coat on as well. All right. Um, and I think as we walk down to the beach, uh, Cora will tell him what she did. That she read this thing in the, the book about this, putting the, the blood in a shell and sending it into the water and something good is supposed to come back to you. And that's what she's going down to check. What did you use to cut your finger? Oh, I found, uh, it said to use a fish bone. So at the... Um, well, at the the fish processing plate place, they they you know they had a bunch of dead fish that they'd like dump out and stuff, and I just took a, a bone from there and poked my finger. I washed it though; I washed it. It's good. Okay, just hmm? don't want you getting sick or blood poisoning or anything. No, no, no. I'll be fine. All right. Oh, it's a shame that you guys failed. Failed our what? Uh, I asked you guys for spot hidden rolls earlier. Yeah, earlier we we failed it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I will give Daniel another one as you guys <sighs> are walking here. Wow. Never mind. <laughs> no. Unless you want to spend 70 luck. Spend that 70 luck. Come on. What are we going to use it for? Yeah, I have a whole 54 to spend. Well, Can't be mind. buried with it. I mean, he's just taken the way that I took in the one shot out, which is if you never see anything, you never hear anything, you can never go crazy. That's right. Exactly. Speaking of that, I don't have to roll any sanity, right? Uh, do you believe that your your actions earlier were real, or do you not believe in them? I mean, I'll believe it if something comes to me, yeah. Sure. But not until I actually see proof. Otherwise, it was just words in a book. Sure. You guys get down to the beach. There's the lighthouse out there. There's some boats that are coming in for the night. There's boats that are already in for the night. And you find more or less the same spot where you performed this little ritual or whatever it is that you did. Do you guys just sit and hang out for a little bit? Well, first off, I'm disappointed that there's not a treasure chest full of gems and gold. Is that what you say to Daniel? Yeah. Thought there'd be something. Well, yeah, no, it's more exciting out here than in that house. So maybe <laughs> that's our reward. And Daniel will light his uh, pipe and mm. sit on the beach. She'll sit down next to him and say, I guess we can hang out here for a little while. You can have a smoke or two, and then we'll go back. So you excited to uh, live here? Yeah, it's a nice little town. School's nice. Definitely could build a life here. I mean, the people look a little odd, but, you know, I think that'll just... Get used to that after a while. Yeah. Um, 
The post office probably has a telegraph machine here, so we mm-hmm. you know, it's just a telegraph away. Yeah. Plus, I'll be sure to uh, I'll be sure to drop by and uh, on the, on a boat now and again to see how you're doing. I'll be fine. I'm sure you will be. It's just you know, it's always nice to have visitors. As you guys sit and have this quiet conversation, talking about your futures and your lives and what's going to be happening, uh, we'll have some quick listen rolls. Uh, Daniel, do you want to spend nine luck to succeed on that listen roll, or do you want to let it go? Um, sure. Let's have one success this whole yeah, game. There's been a lot of failures. Kind of crazy. Cool. There we go. You're very accustomed to the sounds of the sea, the water crashing, and birds, although there's not many birds this late at night. But all of those sounds are very normal to you. So when you hear the sound of a heavy foot crunching on rocks and shells from behind you, uh, what do you do? That's. Uh, Probably just a local, so just keep sitting and take a look, see if I can see them. Sure. Uh, can I get a sanity roll from you? And I might as well get one from Cora while Yay. we're at it. What is this? I succeed on two rolls? Well, the one you had to try. Not true. <clears throat> and as you turn around behind some of the rocks, you're going to see a large shape looming and moving from rock to rock. It is not wearing any clothes. It has a dark green spotted skin that seems like it's got some, some spines out of the shoulders, out of the middle of the back, and a, no real neck. It seems to go straight from its back into its shoulders up into a head that's got large yellow eyes and a mouth full of teeth. And it's creeping around the rocks and is very clearly paying attention to the two of you. Cora, get up. There's something here. I assume she'll kind of follow your gaze, whatever you're looking at. And Daniel starts standing up as well. What? What is it? Some spiky creature thing lurking around the rocks and I don't know. Look, let's just let's just head back to Greta's. Yeah. Oh, okay. And she'll she'll quickly go with him, probably holding his arm. Fearful. He's talking about creatures. As you begin to move, it also begins to move. It comes around the other side of the rock watching you. You guys begin to leave and back away from it. And it bounds over the rock, almost in an amphibian frog-style hop, coming to a rest with its arms or four legs, whatever they may be, on the ground between its hind legs and its tail whips a little bit behind it. And Cora, you hear a sound in your head that is like crashing waves, and it's wrong, because it, you know what waves sound like. This It's like crashing waves from underneath the water. Hmm. This thing is looking right at you. I think she she would stop and stand still at that because if something's in your head all of a sudden like that's got to be weird, right? It's disconcerting. It takes a step forward putting its left hand out and then its right hand. Its head sways to the left and you hear it like a and then it comes back to the right. Kind of very fluid. Daniel Cora has stopped. Uh, well, Daniel's going to try and push Cora away, and and um, like, come on, let let's get out of here. Like, we don't want any trouble. And he's going to put up his fists in like a fighting pose. Cora, it doesn't want any trouble either. 
In fact, you know that it's here because you called it here. <gasps> Daniel, this is it. It worked. This is my, this is the, the reward that came to me. This thing? Well, I mean, I wish it was a treasure chest full of gold, but, I mean, it's here now. It, it came because I, I called for it, and so she's going to approach it, talking to it sweetly. Hello. You're going to hear it. A kind of croaky sound, just like gold. Did he say? What was that? Did you catch that, Daniel? Old? Old? Hmm. She'll take another step closer. Again, like putting her hands out like she comes in peace. It'll sit back on its haunches and take one of its hands and kind of reach around its waist where there's a crude belt that seems like it was made out of fishing nets and it'll reach into a pouch there and it'll pull out looks like a, an oyster or a mussel or something in the mollusk family and it'll look from it to you and it will take its other hand and begin to just pry it open She's just going to watch a maze because as far as she knows, you need a tool to open a, an oyster up. You, you can't just do it with your hand. So this is a very strong thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, after, and after a moment, it'll sit there and it'll offer it up to you. And you can see that in the middle of this oyster, this barnacle, this, this muscle, is a, it's a little bit of meat that it has. And there is a single pearl sitting in there. She's going to look at Daniel and say, see, told you. She's going to hold her hands out, accepting the oyster and the pearl. Slowly, it'll put it into your hand and then snatch its hand back and look at you expectantly. Um, she'll say, thank you. And she'll hold it. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this now, Daniel, but... It'll take its hand and it'll start rubbing at its throat. So she'll she'll take the, the pearl out. It nods. Okay. It would smile if its teeth weren't horrible. And then she's gonna look at Daniel and it, and then Daniel again. Am I supposed to eat it? I think that's what it wants you to do. But that's weird. We've eaten oysters before. It's not a big deal. And she'll slurp it down. The, oh, the oyster, not the pearl. Okay. Well, not the pearl. <laughs> uh, I'll make you make another roll. Make you make a constitution roll. Nice. Can I make the roll? Uh, sure, you, you may make the roll. <laughs> it's your failing the roll? I succeeded. The cool. <laughs> it's a little rough. It doesn't quite taste like any oyster or mussel or any of the seafood that you have tasted before. And as it hits your stomach, there's almost like a like a eating something spicy coming back to hit you. And you give it a little cough. Give it a little contain yourself. And when you look back to it, there is a connection there, and it uh, you can hear in your head as its lips move a woman's voice simply state that you have called me here. How may I serve? And I think that's a good cut. Oh. Yeah, because I'm going to need time to figure out my demands. <laughs> Chest full of gold. Chest full of gold. I need some oh. pirate booty. Oh, I do need you to roll. Oh. Um, how much is usually reading a spooky mythos tome usually? Uh, oh, it usually takes days. Yeah, but that's not fun. 
I mean, I read it during lunch, and then I read it some more after our lunch. Yeah. It's usually things something like 1D3, I thought. For sanity? Yeah. All right. I'm going to take three three points of your sanity. I think that's how it works. You're just going to take three points of my sanity? Yeah, because you didn't roll earlier, and all of a sudden you're met with a horrible sea monster that... Yeah. Is like, oh shit, this means everything I read in that book was real. Yeah, that's true. Wow, now I only have 72 sanity. Yeah, well, we'll see about crushing your... Uh, Not like Wild Man ho- Wyatt. Yeah, who's currently <laughs> being thrown into a sack somewhere. Yeah, uh, low better, sanity, high int, and... Uh, better him than the, me. The, the luck of the English, apparently. I don't know, but we're not. Don't worry, Wilfred's also going to end up in a sack soon. <laughs> I'm just not if I still have my strong right hook. <laughs> Actually, let's let's do a quick thing with Coretta real quick as she is yes uh, left back. I assume with all three of those books that Cora had. Yes, yes. You're in uh, our house. The little witch. I mean, likely. So, I yeah. go through her room. I want to find the books. I want to see if there's anything else strange. I want to really know, like, kind of what drew them to town. Sure. Um, this book is written in Latin, the the diary that you are reading. Um, do you think Greta speaks Latin or reads Latin, I guess I should say? Is she a good Catholic schoolgirl? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, it is written in some language that you don't understand. Witchy stuff. No good. Witchy stuff. And then there is the history of the, of the town, which you know, and you know that it doesn't carry any of the, the weirdness of it. And then you're going to find the genealogy book so that you know their grandfather was a resident of this town and that they're related to some of the the creepy fish people stuff that happens here. Okay. So I know everything. Yeah. Do you want to do anything with what you know? Do you want to go crazy or do you want to go do something? How soon is it until the sun goes down? I don't like to be out after dark. Oh, the sun is, is down. I will have to sit on this information until tomorrow. I have to. I don't. I don't like to go out after dark. Sure. Can you roll me your spot hidden while you're rooting around? I mean, nobody likes making rolls succeed anymore. So you don't notice as outside. Uh, do you have a listen? Is your listen better? Oh, your listen's way better. Okay, your listen is a success. Cool. So we'll go with that. So you will hear out on your little front lawn, front porch area, you're going to hear footsteps of a couple of people coming up to your door. And you have a moment to do something before they presumably knock. And it doesn't sound like the two kids. It does not. These are three, four sets of footsteps. They sound work boots. They don't sound like the dainty footsteps of Cora. I just put my crochet hook and my yarn down and cross my hands in in my lap and look at the door, wait for the knock. And the knock will come. And slowly I stand up. And walk over to open the door. In front of you is a young-looking gentleman. He is wearing a policeman's uniform. And next to him are a couple of the locals from the Esoteric Order of Dagon with all that it entails. And the police officer takes his hat off, gives you a small nod. Evening, ma'am. Hate to be bothering you at this late hour. But. Ah, yeah, yes, but. Um, and he will 
glance over his shoulders at the uh, the Dagon folks, and he'll simply say that there seems to have been a an altercation down in town. Uh, you don't happen to know where your the newcomers to town are, do you? No. I've been here all day. Well, I went to market, and then I've been home. That's that's good. There was uh, some strangeness around town. You, you didn't see anything when you were out at the market or anything, did you? Nothing stranger than normal. He looks back at his boys, and they don't seem particularly enthused with your answers, but... He'll simply just be like, well, if you uh, if you see them, could you could you let us know? There's some boys that like to have some questions with them. Certainly, these ones should be back. I don't know when their things are still here. Do you mind if we take a look through some of their things? Not at all. Come right on in. As you step aside and start to show them through the guest rooms that have their things in them, they begin to flip through and just kind of toss you guys' stuff until one of them holds up the diary and one of the Dagon folks holds up the diary and calls the police officer in, who is not exactly thrilled at this. And the police officer says, do you know where they got these books? Do not. Don't tend to do a lot of reading. That's good. They collect up the books and they start to head out. Miss Clep, if you find anything, you'll let us know. And uh, wouldn't want anything untoward to have to happen to them. No, no, that that would just be horrible. That would be a sad thing indeed. He will put his hat back on as he stands on your porch, and he's just going to be give you a small. May Dagon watch over you, and also with you. And they step off into the night. Hidden. <laughs>